Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Holding multiple competing emotions about any one person, place, or thing at any one time is a sign of emotional maturity. Hi, I'm Miss Danielle, and this is Help a Human Out. Have you ever been in love? It is powerful. It's incredible. It's complicated. And sometimes it is downright illogical. We have all heard the phrase, the heart wants what the heart wants. And I think no one gets that more than our anonymous helper with our question for today. I first heard of your podcast as an advertisement on another podcast I was listening to. What really struck me is that you guys talk about tough topics that can be taboo. I've been working through an issue that is so taboo, I don't feel comfortable talking about it with anyone I know. And I'm wondering if maybe someone else out there can identify with this situation. Let me start off that I'm in a very happy marriage. I love my husband deeply. He is a supportive, kind, and funny life partner and an involved father. We share a beautiful life together. I love my husband with my whole heart, but something I didn't realize is that my heart could also hold this kind of love for more than one person at a time. You see, I love his brother also. I've had these romantic feelings for my brother-in-law for about 10 of the 13 years I've been with my husband. I've tried so many things to eliminate these feelings. At first, I tried to sweep these feelings away and pretend like they didn't exist. It should come as no surprise that this technique did not work. Then I tried to talk myself out of it, that my brother-in-law is simply a horrible person that is undeserving of my time and attention. But this just wasn't true. He's as much of an upstanding human as my husband is. Then I tried to guilt myself out of these feelings, to convince myself that a good wife wouldn't feel this way. But this led me down a dark path of low self-esteem. I guess what I realized after all of this trial and error is that I can't outsmart matters of the heart. I really had to dig deep and figure out what was the underlying cause of all these extramarital romantic feelings. I finally started going to therapy to see if something was missing from my marriage because I'm 100% invested in making my monogamous marriage healthy and happy. After many sessions, my therapist and I couldn't identify any major red flags, just the usual areas for small improvements, like making more time for dates. My therapist and I shifted my therapy goal to eliminating the feelings of deep guilt associated with loving my brother-in-law. I'm happy to report it worked. I finally surrendered to these feelings of romantic love, and I've been working to shifting my perspective to one of gratitude. How lucky am I to have two people in my life that I care so deeply for? But just when I eliminated the guilt, a new emotion has crept in. For the first time in 10 years, my brother-in-law has a girlfriend. And although I'm very happy he finally has found companionship, I find myself frankly a little jealous that someone else gets to be the object of his affection. 
So to get back to the main point of the podcast, how can you help this human out? I guess my major question is, what can I do with all this extra love? How do I harness all of this care and devotion for good? And how have others lived with romantic love for more than one person in their heart while staying in a monogamous relationship? Thanks for listening to my taboo topic. Bye. Wow. That is complicated and a lot and super dope that she was able to be so transparent and vulnerable. So I just want to name that. And it's honestly not something I can say I have an answer for, but mm -mm -mm, I do have someone who specializes in love. He is one of our favorites and our resident love expert, and he's back. Sean Galanos is a love coach, host of the Love Drive podcast and an online course creator. He teaches intimacy and communication tools for better relationships and more love. And so yes, if somebody is in love with their husband and their brother-in-law, we are going to call our resident love expert. Here's my conversation with Sean Galanos. I'm excited because woohoo, it's a doozy today. Sean, we are talking about complicated love. Are you ready? I'm so ready for complicated love. I think all love is kind of complicated, so let's do I, it. I, listen, I agree, but this one is, is okay, t- tell me that you listen to um, our friend's situation. Over and over and over again. Okay, and I need first feelings. When you were listening to it, what did it make you feel? What were you thinking? I mean, I, I thought that sh- that it was a courageous message. Me too. Okay, good. I thought that the situation is fairly uncommon and it's definitely not something that we talk about, but maybe it's not as uncommon as I think because we don't talk about it. Okay, say that. So that was my thought too. My thought, my first thought when I heard it was, okay, I've always been someone who thought that you can love more than one person. I believe that. I I fall into that polyamorous type of, I do believe you can love more than one person. I believe in ethics. So there's that. I definitely believe in ethics. I think everybody needs to know. I don't care what people do in their lives, in their bedrooms, but we got to be ethical. Everyone needs to know, right? So I'm listening to this voice memo we get. And one, I think she's being extremely ethical, right? I do. She didn't yeah. say she acted on it. At least that's what the impression I got was that she did not act on it. Is that the impression you got also? I, te- I teared up at I teared up at the beginning because of how earnest she sounds and like how like is really sounds like she's really, really, really struggling with this dilemma. The the vulnerability is incredible. I want to name her self-reflection is impeccable, right? Like I think it is so important for people to be able to self-reflect like that because clearly she is a highly reflective person. So let's just name that. Everybody doesn't have that skill. And girlfriend is like, I'm in love with two people. I'm feeling guilt. Now I'm feeling jealousy. Now it's this, that. So that level of reflection is something we should all like subscribe to. We should really try to dig deep and try to figure things out. So let's just name that. Now, what the hell, Sean? I don't know. I mean, 10 years to to be in love with your brother-in-law for 10 years and not act on it is like 
monumentally difficult. It sounds, mm-hmm. I mean, I've never, I'm not in love with my brother-in-law. I don't have a brother-in-law, I have a sister-in-law and I'm not in love with her that way. Listen, my brothers-in-laws are both under the age of 12. So I'm not in love with either of them. Perfect. <laughs> one is one and one is 12. Okay. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> yes. It, I, I just don't, I, I don't know. It, it sounds like she's done a lot of work on herself and she's struggled and, and struggled with this for a really, really long time. So all the layers, okay? So I'm going to just start hitting you with questions because this is a lot and we need to try to break this down. Is it wrong to love two people? It's never wrong to feel anything, right? And to love is, you know, one of my favorite definitions is uh, to, you know, to extend oneself for the spiritual growth of another, Mm. right? So with that definition in mind, being of service of someone uh, to, to someone, right? Extending yourself for the spiritual growth of another person. Like, how can that ever be wrong? Right. I love that. Now, it does get a little tricky when that person you love is your brother-in-law, however. There's a lot and of different so, kinds of love, right? Yeah. There's like, I mean, this, this feels like romantic love. Right? And she like, names that. She said like this romantic love. And I think with the jealousy piece, like that's kind of what it is. Here, here are my questions, right? I think it's really easy to love someone you're not in a relationship with. Like, am I crazy to think that? Because I think that maybe some of this could be like idealizing something. Like, like she doesn't know how he is in a relationship. Grass is she, greener. Is she, right. Is she in love with the idea of this? Like there are two men that she really cares deeply about because how can you really be in love with someone you've never spent that kind of time with. Now, granted, like you spend time with him as your brother-in-law, but again, grass is greener, right? Like she doesn't know him as a partner. She doesn't know the type of partner he would be. She's never even seen him in a relationship until now, which makes her jealous. But she's she said she hasn't seen him in a relationship. So she really doesn't know the type of partner he would be. So is no, she in love no. with like a dream? Yeah, could be in love with the idea of him, right? I mean, can you be in love? First of all, what does it mean to be in love? Right. Right? And like, you've probably crushed really hard on someone that you've never been with. And that can feel a this lot is true. a lot like kind of like love. But then again, like what what does it mean to be in love? What does it mean to love somebody? I think those are two really different concepts, right? To be in love with someone is sort of be, to be infatuated with them to sort of like put them on a pedestal, which I think you can do without knowing that. Yeah. Without knowing anything about them, but, but also like 10 years is a long time. Like, you know, someone after 10 years of being their in-law, like you You spent a lot of, a lot of holidays, a lot of weekends, a lot of things, you know, a lot of activities. So you do kind of know who they are. You don't know how, who or how they are in relationship to you, right. Into like a more romantic or intimate space. But you do know them. You know them. You know them yeah. enough to like crush really, really hard on somebody. Oh, man. It's, this is one of those things where, I mean, I could listen to this this voice memo over and over again, and I think I would just land somewhere different every time because it's yeah. such, it's a vulnerability that most people aren't willing to show, first of all. And it is completely unconventional. But like at this point, what is conventional when we have, polyamorous relationships and monogamous relationships and open relationships and 
Is this just about her brother-in-law or is she, could she be seeking something else, right? She already says she loves her man and it's a really good partnership. Is she is something lacking? Is it just the brother-in-law? If the brother-in-law, like there's so many layers. I don't even know how to break this down. Where do we even start, Sean? I, I don't know. We're, I think we're doing a good job of starting anywhere because yeah. this is such a big question. <laughs> you know, there's this idea that some people are like more uh, oriented towards polyamory or mm. oriented towards monogamy. This might be somebody who is more oriented towards polyamory or open relationships, but that has found themselves in a monogamous relationship or didn't even know that that was actually available to them. And Mm -hmm. now is in a situation where it's not really available to them because they're in a monogamous relationship, right? So she might've had some awakening at some point where she realized, oh, wow, I have a lot of heart, a lot of love in my heart. It would be really nice to be able to uh, share this love with other people. Now, regardless, the in-law situation makes it extremely difficult, right? Oh yeah. Like, she can't share her love with her brother-in-law period. Can't like, really we do have that. to name that. That's not going to happen. Do, can't. <laughs> That's going to get weird. That's going to get weird really fast, Sean. And can't, if you don't want to do say it, it no. I'm not a love guru, but I'm going to say it right now. Sis cannot get jiggy with both her husband and her brother-in-law. Not it is happen. going to be messy as hell. <laughs> not going to happen. Not going to happen. Shouldn't happen. Don't want it to happen. That is a slippery slope, sis. We're not doing that. Though but, if you're going to do it, reality TV is the only way that you can That make is the happen. only way. Literally. Only way. Get a check. Get a check. No. Get a check. Get some ratings. Right. So one of the things she wraps up with, she's saying like, you know, now he's got a girlfriend and she's jealous. Listen, I think jealousy is real for multiple relationships. Listen, my best friend is in a new relationship and I'm jealous. I'll tell you the truth. And that might sound crazy to someone, but as someone who is completely committed to not self-abandoning, Sean, was it you who told me not to self-abandon? Yeah, that was me. Oh my God. And I had a melt. Do you know that I have been literally practicing not like not self-abandoning since we've had our conversation? It has literally changed my life. I remember sobbing to you. I am radically pushing myself to not self-abandon. And so even in, in situations like this where I'm nervous to say something out loud, I'm like, no, bitch, you believe this. Go ahead and say it, right? And so in the spirit of not self-abandoning, I get jealous sometimes. My my best friend has a new man and he is a really great man. And she is falling hard for this man. And as a result, our daily conversations that have happened for 20 something years have Mm. now slid into once a week, Mm -hmm. slid into, I'm going to call you right after work and we haven't, you know, touched base. And I find myself being a little jealous. Now I'm a human. So I understand that that's probably normal and I'm not coming at her for not calling me back. I understand that she is. You need to come at her hard. Do I? (laughs) Oh yeah. She's a, yeah. She's abandoning you. No, I'm kidding. I totally well, like, wait, I'm, I'm like, is she? Because you know I got abandonment issues. So I'm trying to not come at her crazy when I know like I'm the person with it. Don't tell me that, Sean. Sorry, you know sorry, I will. I'm sorry. I couldn't help myself. No, I love it. Thank you. So, but I have found myself a little jealous. And so I think it's really normal to be jealous of people that we don't get what we want from, right? Is that crazy to say or... Well, it's, 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 there is some jealousy there. There's also just a little bit of sadness about losing the kind of uh, connection that you and your friend had, right? Temporarily, uh, when someone is in the honeymoon phase, 
Oh my no, god! They, just... they, it's like Gaga over the other person, and then they kind of uh, their life gets a little out of balance, right? Yeah. I and mean, we've all experienced this. You crush hard on someone; they're the object of your your attention. Uh, you you start falling; they fall too. You guys are going to fall deep, hard, and you're going to just kind of let it happen, right? It's yeah, really and really hard so- to slow that roll. Yeah. And I think sometimes, you know, we've all had friends. I I believe that every one of us have experienced a friend who is like the most amazing friend. And this is, to be clear, let me name my best friend is the shit. Okay. She is, was in the room when both of my children were born and she was also in the room when one of them passed away. So she is my ride or die. Okay. So I'm going to name that. There's nothing that's going to break us apart, but I am feeling a little bit of jealousy. And I also think that it's okay to name that because I'm human. And I think like her naming her jealousy with, with brother-in-law, who's now got a girlfriend, it's normal. And again, to backtrack, we all have that, had that friend, I believe that rides with us and is amazing until they get into a relationship and then they just disappear. Oh my, and I'm talking about gone, gone. And you're just like, well, damn, like you clear, like that's the worst. There are a lot of people like that. Like, I don't really have friendships like that anymore because I'm married and have kids and I'm a teacher and I have all this stuff and I can still make time for the people who are important to me. So if you disappear on me because you got a man or a woman or you're in a polyamorous relationship and you got three girlfriends and I still can't fit in here, that's fine. But I have a boundary. I've set a boundary. Like you're not just going to, I have abandonment issues. You're not disappearing on me. So I want to name that. We all have that friend, but she's jealous because he has a girlfriend now. And I, at that point, I kind of got to draw the line. Like, sis, you can't be with him anyway. He's got to be happy, right? And like, there's nothing is- wrong with being jealous. Like, right. the, like jealousy kind of gets a bad rap when all it really is, is is another one of these emotions that are hard, that, that is hard to sit with, right? Yeah. Jealousy, anger, disappointment, sadness, all this kind of stuff is is uncomfortable. It's not It's not comfortable. And I remember a therapist telling me a long time ago, you know, it's okay to be angry. The question is how much and what do you do with it? Mm, right. So reaction. jealousy, yeah. Well, jealousy is like, okay, if you're if you're the jealous boyfriend or something, okay, what do you do with it? Um, you can go and key somebody's car. Mm-hmm. That's inappropriate. Right. Right. Or you can like reflect on why you're feeling that way. You can journal about your jealousy. You could get a little curious around like, what's the story underneath the jealousy, right? So any negative, quote unquote negative, or more like uncomfortable emotion, right? How much do you feel it? And then what do you do with it? Yeah. And so it's totally normal to be jealous about, you know, I mean, <laughs> the the situation is uncommon, but it's it's normal to be jealous of other people and what they have and sort of you kind of wish you had that. You wish, you know, she wishes she was that other woman. She does. Because she can't be that other woman. But she also names she is very happy in her relationship. So I think they I think she has to do a lot of soul searching, right? Because you've been in your she said of the 13 years she's been with her husband, 10 of those years, she's also been feeling her brother-in-law. That's a long time. That is a very long time. That's a decade. Okay. That is a whole decade. Like they grew up. He what must is be going? a scrumptious dude. I, I want now. I want to see. Right now, <laughs> so I want to see I. both of them. Like, <laughs> let's look at them. No, let's not put them against each other. That's not what we're doing here. They're both great. That's what she said. They're both great. Right, English. Good job on those parents. Hold up. 
Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan, crusted chicken, or garlic, butter, shrimp, scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Okay, a couple of things, a couple of things that, that come up right now that, that are like really relevant to, to one piece of my life. Okay. Okay, one of them is holding multiple competing emotions about any one person, place, or thing at any one time is a sign of emotional maturity. Ooh, yes. Say it again. Say it again, same, Sean. You know, sometimes I need to digest same, it. Hold on. Same therapist holding multiple competing emotions about any person, place, or thing at any one time is a sign of emotional maturity. Now, it doesn't mean that you're emotionally mature. It's a sign of emotional maturity, right? So, so you might be to, on your way. You might be on your way. Yes, yeah, because I, I posted this and some people were like, I'm emotionally mature. And I go, no, I said it's a sign, not that you are there, but <laughs> one indicator. We still got to grow. <laughs> so like being in love with your husband, but then also experiencing uh, lust for somebody else, right? Can you hold these in your person at the same time? Can you both be happy for where your life has been or has ended up with, you know, your your husband of 13 years and a little disappointed that you're not able to explore this other exciting thing, mm. right? Life is full of these, these um, Dr. Alexander Solomon calls it both and, right? It's the oh, study of di- it. yep. dialectics. I'm both in love with my husband and like really turned on by his brother, which is super confusing. Mm-hmm. That's one thing, right? So there's emotional maturity in being able to hold these competing emotions at any one time, especially being able to do it for 10 years. Wow. That's bananas. It's more like, Oh, she she seems like she's got a lot of emotional maturity, to be honest, because I think some of us would be reckless. Some of us don't know how to not act on feelings like that. Some of us are like, forget it. Um, I love my husband, but like, I can't turn this off. So I'm just going to act on it. And I am, I am believing from the way she sounded in her voice memo that she has not acted on this. And that is a kind of self-control that I'm not even sure many of us have. Like she is powerful. Kudos. You're listening to this. Kudos. Also, Absolutely. kudos for the therapy, right? And and like getting creative around, okay, like if you're listening to this and this this doesn't this like <laughs> doesn't resonate because you're not in love with your in-law, there is another situation in your life where you don't know how to move forward. Yes. Right? Yes. And that's the key. That is the key. And I think I'm really glad that you named that, Sean, because Sometimes, you know, the goal is to help a human out. And in helping a human out, we want to help all the humans out, right? And yes, everybody's not in love with their brother-in-law and or their sister-in-law or someone like that. But we all have situations that are confusing as hell, right? We're we're like, wait a minute, I, I feel this way and I feel this way. Is it okay to feel this way? Am I supposed to control this feeling? Do I move forward? Do I shut it down? Like there are multiple things. So great point out, Sean, as you're listening to some of these things and you're like, hey, I am never going to mess with my brother-in-law. Okay, dig deeper, friends. There is a message and a lesson in everything. 
And what what can we learn from her situation, Sean? Like, what can we, who aren't in love with our brother-in-laws or not pining after someone who we can't have, what, what can we pull from this and say, okay, how can I see myself in a situation that seems like, because I think that's, that's key to a lot of like connecting. How can I see myself in a situation that like has nothing to do with me? Like, how can I find the compassion, the understanding, all of that? I mean, you just named so many of those pieces, right? Uh, in, in her disclosure, she said, I tried to change the way I felt and I Oof. couldn't. She tried to block the feeling and she couldn't because we can't really block feelings, mm-hmm. right? We know those people that bottle emotions up and then they blow up. Your literally blow literally, the hell up. Literally blow up. Well, that's why they have a, that's why they have something called like going postal. Like that's a real thing. Yeah. Like when people are like, oh, he went postal. It's because you hold in all that stuff and then you get crazy and you wind up harming people. And I don't think it's really possible to change the way we feel. You know, at some point she came into acceptance around her feelings. So she accepted the fact that she felt this way. And then there was a shift around how do I not feel guilty or shame Mm -hmm. around feeling this way? And I think that the message here is accept your situation is being exactly the way it is. Whatever your situation ends up being right now, when you're listening to this, I know that there's a situation in your life where you're feeling anxious, confused, mm-hmm. conflicted, disappointed, frustrated, upset about what is going on and accepting that situation as being exactly the way it is, even though it's far from ideal, can allow you to kind of move through what you need to move through. And this person has done that right? Has really accepted her feelings and then tried to change the guilt. And that's kind of tricky because I'm saying you can't change anything, but guilt and shame are really not that helpful. They're not at all. They're not that helpful. So you can feel a little bit of it, but then you kind of got to move past beating yourself up for feeling how you feel. It's much more healthy to accept it, even though it might be a little disappointing or not ideal. And I also think that a lot of the guilt and shame that we feel for many different things comes from societal norms that are bullshit anyway. Like who says that you can't have feelings for your brother-in-law? Now, I personally don't think I would want to act on those feelings. And you know what I mean? Like that is tricky and a slippery slope. But like you said, you can't control your feelings. You can't control who you care for and things like that. You can control how you act on it. And also in her situation, because this has been something she's been capable of for 10 years, is she also capable of loving somebody else that's not her brother-in-law? And is she interested in that? And maybe it's those societal norms that are making her feel so guilty. Why am I not happy within my marriage in this monogamous relationship? Because not everybody is. And not everybody has to be. And I think that we are, we are gifted these societal norms and they are given to us like, hey, wrapped in a bow, you have to wear this and do this and boys like blue and girls like pink and this is gender. There's like all these societal norms that are bullshit anyway. And so a lot of the guilt and shame doesn't even belong to us. It was gifted to us by these ridiculous societal norms. And so kind of breaking some of that apart too is important. Yeah, Disney, right? The the fairy tale yes. romance, the marriage, when you find the one, it will be easy everything will fall into place. I mean, you know, that's not true. Relationships are hard. For the most part, they're hard. Sure, there some of them are easier, right? They, mm-hmm. You're going to have an easier time with one person than you would with another. There are some people that are easier to be in a relationship with, mm-hmm. for sure. But long-term, committed, monogamous relationships are challenging because 
both people show up to the table with a bunch of stories and wounds and fears, and then people change throughout their life. So you have to stay flexible, stay malleable, attuned to your partner, all this stuff. They don't talk about this in, you know, what's, what's Ariel? What's the little mermaid? The little mermaid. That's my favorite. they, They don't go that deep. No. Right. They don't, they don't present you the psychological complexities of, of being in a long-term relationship. So no. And also just to, just to be clear, Sean, that girl gave up everything for that man. So, you know, there's a lot of things wrong with those Disney relationships. The only one I really am feeling is Mulan, right? Because she said, fuck all the rules. I'm going to go fight this war for my daddy and I'm going to get this man. Like there, Disney love is a mess, but for the most part, it's always like, the women need to be saved by these men. Women, please save yourselves. Don't let Disney lie to you. I'm sorry. That's my tangent for the day. But you brought up Disney and I had keep to just going, name. Keep going. It's, right? it's very deleterious to our to our health and to our, the, the satisfaction of our relationships. Well, and especially when we think about little girls, um, not even just little girls, little people who are watching these Disney movies. And, you know, it's like, oh, none of these girls are saving themselves. Literally, Mm -hmm. they are locked in towers and they need to be rescued. And They're helpless. They're helpless. They're not strong. They got to sing their way out of stuff. No, sis, sometimes (laughs) you got to fight your way out of something, okay? Right? Birds are showing up. All of a sudden, arm full of birds cleaning your house. No, sis, you got to do it yourself sometimes. Fuck those birds. And that man, you got this. Anyways, that was our tangent of the day, but... Okay, rant over, back yes. to the question. Focused. <laughs> All right. I want to ask quite a few questions because I'm curious myself. She is in a monogamous relationship with her husband. She is also in love with her brother-in-law. Do you think she needs to ask herself some serious questions about, is she fully satisfied in her marriage I think you can be, I mean, do, are people fully satisfied if they're seeking I, other things? I don't know that full satisfaction in your marriage exa- exists, but I'm also right. an unmarried 38 year old guy. So like. Well, like, are you, are you seeking something when you're, what is it? What is it that makes people need more? Like here, I'll tell you the truth. I choose monogamy. I don't have to be monogamous. I definitely could love a few people. Sean, if you want some of this love, you can get it too. Okay. So let's do it. Listen, I love love and I could give it, but I choose monogamy when I am with someone who that is what they desire. Because if I'm with you and that's what you like, I I can be polyamorous all day. I could love many people. I'm already aware of that. I didn't want to be an actress because I felt like like radio and TV were good for me because I legitimately thought if I was in a movie and I had to be in love with someone on that movie set by the end of the movie set, like they were going to have to be mine. Like, that's how I operate. Like, I can't pour myself into something, pretend and not fall in love with you. So I, I really it. believe in in certain things like that. But what is it that, is it is it just her brother or should she be delving into deeper feelings and really questioning if she might be polyamorous? I, you know, I can't really answer that question without having her here. <laughs> but I don't necessarily think that just because you're lusting after someone, it means that you're not monogamous or that you're not made for monogamy. yeah. Agreed. Um, sh- sure, asking yourself questions is really, really important. But then also you have to you have to consider like what are the consequences of of me bringing this to my partner? Oh yeah, she cannot. Oh, that was my next question. We are we in agreement that she should never ever tell her husband that she's feeling for her brother because I think that is a shit show waiting to happen. 
I don't know that we're in agreement with that. I, I haven't <laughs> figured that one out yet. Uh, probably not. Pro- probably not. We're, we're probably in agreement. I think we need to be in agreement with that, Sean. <laughs> what the hell is he possibly? He will be. He will be uncomfortable around his brother and his wife forever. It's not like she. What is she going to say for? T- imagine. Imagine. Okay. Just let's let's play a little game. Imagine your husband and I come to you and I say, honey, I love you and I'm fulfilled in this marriage. Oh, by the way, I've been in love with your brother for 10 years also. Haven't acted on it, but man, do I love him too. There is no way he is going to be comfortable around his brother and his wife. He's not going to want them in the same space. Them family gatherings are going to be donezo. Like I, there's, what does she gain by telling him? I think you're right. So the, the idea is, you know, I'm a big fan of open and honest communication. I'm also a big fan of, does this really need to be shared? Right. Not everything needs to be shared because here's the issue. Sometimes people feel just, you know, remorse, guilt, shame, and they, they want to let it out. Right. Mm -hmm. And so they want to share this thing so that they no longer feel this. But what happens is that now you have created pain in somebody else to alleviate yourself of that pain. Mm -hmm. Okay. 12 step recovery, right? The 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous, of all these other, of these, you know, there's a, there's a point in the program where you make amends for the harms done, except when to do so would injure them or others. Oh, wow. Right. So you don't get to, you don't get to relieve yourself of the guilt of whatever you've done or whatever you're feeling, if to do so would injure them or others. Well, see, that's it right there. Then we are in agreement because absolutely it's going to injure him if she tells him, we've been married for 13 years, but for 10 years, I've also been in love with your brother. I don't see how that could not wound him. And that is a different conversation than let's say you did do all the self-reflection and the awareness and the the soul searching and the therapy guided exploration. And you've come to realize that you actually might be interested in starting to talk about polyamory with your partner. That's mm-hmm. a different conversation. That's a conversation that is you you could have. Yeah, you could approach you, it with curiosity. You could, yeah, saying, hey, this is not what I, I don't want to do this. I'm not saying let's do this. I'm saying I'm kind of curious about this and I'd love to start talking about it. Yeah, and what are your thoughts? Because he might have some feelings about it. Hell, he might want a tender page too, you know? He might like, be like, hey, I've been in love with your sister-in-law. <laughs> don't do that, sister. Sean. <laughs> not your I've sister, been in love with your sister. My sister-in-law. Your sister is so hot. That, looking just you know, like you. Your parents got good genes. No, we're not. That would be so okay, messy. This is okay, not Jerry here we, Springer. Here we are. Okay. Let, let's just go through the list. Who is off limits? Okay. Oh, this we is got good. The, we got the in-laws are off limits. Yes. Because it, it's just, I think it's messy as hell. I think it's messy as hell. I think that, see, you know what I think? I think it's it's different for people, right? Because like, if I were to die... I think in terms of life and death. So you're just going to have to, that's how my mind operates. If I were to die and I think about my partner, I think about who could help raise my kids the best. Easily, it's my best friend, Claire. But I will pop up out my grave if her ass and his ass decide that in the process of them raising my children together, it's easy and they have fallen in love. Now, you, you can have, all the love after I'm gone. But what you will not do is love up on my best friend or love up on my husband if you are my best friend. So that that one is a limit for me. What would be Wait, your limit? You said 
like, will you or will you not pop out of your grave? I'm curious now. Oh, I'm confused. I'm, I'm, you will see a dead woman wake up. So best friends is off the, is off limits, whether you are alive or not. Oh, I'm a, I have a, listen, I am a spiritual being having a human existence. Sean, my spirit is coming back and haunting everybody involved. It's not happening. I okay, love so- her and I love him, but no. I, and is that wrong of me? Well, I don't, it, there's no right or wrong. There's just your preference. And I, I'm totally, I totally accept your preference because it's not my preference. I just prefer that. Like that's a, that would be a little too much for me. That's too much closeness. Although here's crazy. This is crazy, but it's kind of on, on, on brand here. Right. So I had years ago, I was really, really interested in, in reading about um, the stories about the firefighters who fought in 9-11 who like went not fought, but like fought the fires in 9-11. And one of the things that was really interesting to me is that a lot of the firefighters, actually, I'm really curious to hear your perspective on this. So the firefighters who survived took on a lot of the family responsibilities of taking care of the firefighters' wives oh, yeah. that had passed away. So they were taking care of their kids, their families. Do you know so many of them left their wives and married the firefighters that had died? Wives and like, and I think some sometimes that's like trauma bonding, emotional stuff. I don't I don't know what that looks like, but that's that's what my fear would be is like if I die and my best friend and you know my husband get together, like it probably would be trauma bonding. I imagine that that's what that was with the firefighters. But people do this shit. Like it really happens. And so one, she's not alone, right? Our our girl who's wondering about her brother-in-law, just be clear, you're not alone. I'm sure there are many people with different thought processes like this, but it happens. And wow. I mean, if I'm dead, you could pretty much do whatever you want. I just don't care anymore, right? So if I'm alive, best friends are off. Yeah. Best friends, family members, those are those are off limits. But if I'm dead, like all bets are off. Listen, this was just part one. That is the truth, because there's so much to unravel, unpeel, all the layers, all these things. Maybe things are uncommon just because we don't talk about it. Maybe everyone feels this way or doesn't, maybe we are all stuck in societal norms and we should break them. Maybe monogamy is for everyone or for nobody. Who knows? But I know that this conversation is absolutely going to continue next week because there is just too much to cover in one session. And I promise we'll be giving you all the analysis and thoughts and language next week so that if you are in a similar situation or you need to approach one of those conversations... We are going to have you covered. And as always, if you have a question, even one about being in love with somebody you might not should be in love with, all right? We got answers for you. And if we don't, we're going to find somebody who does. Send us a voice memo to hahopodcast at gmail.com or you can shoot us a direct message on Instagram at hahopodcast. I'm your host, Miss Danielle. I am in love. And I still know it's complicated as hell. Our executive producer is Emma Martins. Help a Human Out is produced by Red Rock Music and is powered by Acast. We'll see you next time with part two of my conversation with our resident love expert, Sean. Hold up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.